Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This program is sponsored. <laughs> the number one drug free sponsorship foundation in the world. In the world. And if you are the drug free athlete and they are looking for a solid foundation, possibly to put your two piggies on, and possibly a vehicle to drive you that goes like water. <laughs> like the Mack truck through the ice cream, the chocolate. Oh, sprinkles. It's so delicious. Anywho, check us out at the p3pmfl.com. And now let us chit-chat with the band there. Hello, <laughs> Hello. Hello. We oui. and all of those French type of things. Croissants and baguettes and cheese and wine and all of those. All of those as well. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> I am let's chuck in. You are you are the chocolate. How is it they say the square, the chocolate square? <laughs> anyway, Deborah, how are you doing there? I am fantastic. I am fantastic, and I know our guest is fantastic as well. So, uh, yes. KP, why don't you set us up, and then we will have our guest introduce himself. Well, Mr. Ramsey has a great topic today, and I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it because it's something that we all have suffered with, whether you're competing or not competing, is basically, you know, how are you dealing with your body on the ups and downs? And we're going to get more in depth with that, but Ramsey, please introduce yourself. And let's get into this topic because this is perfect timing and a perfect topic, so it should be a, a good show. No, thank you, thank you, Kaylin and Desiree. Well, happy New Year to you guys and everyone else out there listening in. It's great to be back on the show. It's a new year. I like the ring of 2020. I hope everyone else does too. Uh, maybe I like even numbers. Maybe that's part of it. But I'm super excited about this new year. And looking forward to, you know, making some progress with my training and competing again and um, just having a fruitful, fruitful, blessed year. So uh, thanks again for having me on, and I'm excited to talk. I always talk about uh, natural bodybuilding. That's right. And you know what they say, 2020, perfect vision. So we'll see if this year (laughs) if we all have as clear vision as we're hoping for, as we're hoping for. So. So, guys, so as Kaylin was setting up for us, we wanted to touch on today, we've talked about in-season contest prep. We've talked a little bit about off-season prep, you know, usually in the format of what are different athletes that we interview do when they are in off-season. But we've never really talked about, from the coaching perspective, the transition from in-season to off-season. Now, you know, we have some athletes who it doesn't matter if they're in prep mode or if they're in off-season, mm-hmm. their regimen doesn't really change. And then there are those athletes where it's just totally different between in-season and off-season. So I think we kind of want to talk about, you know, how 
that transition should work or at least what it should look like and the pros and cons of, you know, the two different types, if there are pros and cons, the, um, just stay in the, just stay in the course and totally switching it up. So I guess that's more of a statement. I don't really have a question. Um, Ramsey, we defer to our guests to kind of jump in first. So if you want to, you know, let's just start from the beginning and give us your initial thoughts and then we'll rock and roll from there. Yeah, well, you 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 prefaced it really well, Desiree. Very good. Yeah, I like the way. And and I probably fit into the group that doesn't change a whole lot. Okay, I I I'm like I almost hate to use the word robotic, you know, but I'm just really structured and disciplined with my training and my lifestyle for the most part. But uh, don't worry, I'm not that boring. I actually like to have fun. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, no, I do. Actually, um, on Facebook, I posted. I hope it doesn't offend anyone, but I had a nice little hunting trip last weekend and got myself a nice little buck. So. All right. Well, there you go. I love, I love innocent meat. But uh, yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact, in the pro- I was earlier before the, before the show I was actually uh, grinding up some ground meat, you know, some venison meat to make some uh, to make some sausage and some chili. So. Look forward to All much right, on well, that. Very lean meat that is. So, KP, so Ramsey says he's very regimented. He sticks to it. And I feel like that's kind of how you are year-round as well. You never really are out of prep, it would seem. No. No, I, I, I was just having this conversation with uh, one of our new trainers, and she's a competitor. And I, I just – I, I get the point of having some downtime, but I don't understand where our life should be such a 180. And I, I said, you know, because you're living and you see the benefits of good health. Why would you want to stray away from that? I mean, it, it just it it doesn't add up to me. And I know there's people that would counter on you know, needing something, but I said I don't need bad health, and so I choose to. Stay away from it, and, and it just it just doesn't add up after a while. You know, if you give me a donut, hey, we we'll we'll have a conversation. But as far as you know, uh, stuff beyond that, I, it's it's just harder and harder each year to see the reason to go back to bad diets and bad eating. And that's what I mean by the. So I, I like to be more disciplined because it just seems to do my body better. And I, I've seen the benefits of it, and I just don't see the real reason for, for staying away. Now, I'm not saying I want to stay contest prep weight, but I do love the benefits of uh, better food choices and better health choices. So, uh, you know, that's just me. But, hey, yeah. I have fun too. Yeah, I think we're both in the same boat there, Kayla, and, and we, we've been doing this a long time, so we have this foundation and lifestyle to where year in, year out, man, it just it just falls into place, and it's good, yeah. and it feels good, and it works well, and you don't have much desire to, to deviate, deviate, you know. Now, you know, but th- that is definitely a great time, or, listen, I, 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 I'm always thinking and uh, scheduling under... Uh, the periodization model that I mentioned before in last year, and so you get into this different. You're in this phase or cycle of downtime or maintenance time, and you know some of us, of course, we it's great to, when you come out of contest training because then all of a sudden you can now try to recover. But 
But I, I think I think the reason people sometimes maybe do too much, to change too much, is they're probably bored or feel guilty of gaining too much weight and they start changing things around too much. Uh, I, I think it's probably yeah, some, some of the you, common reasons. When you say changing things around too much, kind of give us some examples because we know that you're a coach and you deal with a lot of athletes, so I'm sure you've seen the gamut, Ramsey, actually the both of you. Mm-hmm. So when you see athletes making too many changes, um, I mean, what does that look like? What are some good examples of that? Well, they're, they're, they're trying a new workout program regimen that maybe doesn't really fit the bill. They're trying yeah. some, some exercises that are like a little funky um, that maybe are not, not, not necessary. Um, so I, 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 see, I see questionable exercises, strength training exercises are questionable. Um, or, or, yeah. or they just get into too much. They're, they're trying to do too much. Um, and 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 that's gonna just hit, just they just want to hit in the wall fast and get frustrated with it. So that that's that's the things that I've seen. Um, trying to that's do too much, okay. trying new exercises that are different exercises that maybe not really that beneficial. Okay. That's and some I, of the things I've that. seen out there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you, you know, I I think I think I think what happens is 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 is, is now we're getting into the off season. I think it's important to, uh, you know, ho- hopefully set some goals. You know, set some goals, and and uh, and figure out how how you're going to achieve those those little short term goals and long term goals as as we kind of retransition back into uh, off season training. Yeah, I I think a lot of you. I, you brought out a good point, and that's everybody, you know, because they've been denying, 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 and it's it's almost like they're forcing themselves to finish whatever prep they're doing, that they start hungering for those gains again and quit looking at, you know, basically the, the goal that they're really in. And so basically they almost start working against themselves. Because I've seen people come back trying to get PRs, two weeks into basically stopping the competition prep and going mm. into basically the regular diet for the rest of the year. And, you know, we still damage our body. We still have to recover and we still have to get, you know, everything back in place. It, I can't imagine yeah. remodeling a home and expecting to know where everything is the next day. It, it just doesn't work out that way. And with our bodies, it's the same thing. And it, it's just the consistent like, if you're consistent for five, six months, your body understands that. And then basically yep. you start running your car to work because now you want to get to work in five minutes where it used to take uh, two hours. That's mm-hmm. going to be a great transition on the body, and it's not going to be prepared or equipped to match that need or, or, or now demand. And so there's going to be some injuries along the way, and, and that can be really destructive mentally and physically. And so I've seen it derail plenty of people that, you know, would have had a great year. I think Melissa Johnson was one of the best examples of how to maintain a diet and then go right into the next year of competing when she was uh, getting on stage as a pro because she was dynamite and, and it was just blowing everything away because she didn't take her body to the extreme and try to get her diet to match that same extremity. So it can be done, but it takes a lot of discipline, a lot of uh, preparation 
but it doesn't take a lot of extreme changes. And I think that's where people say, well, this year, you know, I'm going to go super hard, super in that beast mode. And we get these uh, posts that really almost have them challenged to overdo it. And instead of saying, instead of saying, you're trying to match somebody else that you'll never be, just mm-hmm. look at what you did last year and just try to make some simple changes to basically make better perfection. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And you you made a couple of interesting points. Is 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 after this contest training, we're we're actually um, you want to rest rest your body without without blowing it or losing too much of your conditioning that you that you achieved in in, in through the through the training process of getting ready for contest. And uh, you don't want to gain too much weight, and that's where I'm at. You know, I'm at I'm at 195. You know, I started my off season training last year at two two twelve. And I'm at 195, and between 193 and 195, and I'm not trying to, I'm trying to make sure I don't go above 195, because I my goal is this year is to get down to 180. Mm-hmm. So so I'm I'm doing my best to maintain, not eating too much. Uh, so that's the that's the main factor there. And I did cut back on my training um, because of the holidays. And and you brought up an interesting point too, which you're saying I actually have an injury. I have a he- injury in my right right ankle. So it's really limiting my ability to do cardio and do lower body exercises. So I have to just really talk to myself. Like today, I was supposed to do a leg workout today and, and some cardio, and I have the energy. I just, I just like I gotta let this heal um, injury get better. Uh, otherwise, it's just not gonna get better. And it's soft tissue kind of injury, and it's just really nagging. It just had that dull pain that ne- doesn't seem to go away. And and uh, I've got to let that darn thing heal. Uh, hope for another f- probably six six to eight weeks before I can really start hitting at about eighty percent of my training volume, which is basically meaning training you know five days a week or more. So guys, I'm going to jump in here with um, a couple of questions. Um, <clears throat> this one here is from Jordan, and he says, you know, I hear what you're saying, guys, but how can someone continue to improve if they don't change their program if they're still just doing the same how will their body react any differently for the future basically yeah yeah no that's a very fair question Kaylin, do you want to tackle it first or do you want me to go yeah I, I, i'll go with it because it's a good question but if, if you would just if you would have heard me earlier i said you can do minor changes but that's if right coming off the contest prep diet, your body has already been pushed to the limit, and you don't want to sit there and blow it out when it's already being pushed uh, physically. Whether you understand a prep, what it does to the body, I mean, you know, it's a lot that goes on with your physiology as you change and, and lean out and basically exercise, do your job. There's a lot going on to your body during the day. And a lot of things, a lot of times, because we get that, uh, I would say, almost heroic kind of physique, we almost feel like we don't get the injuries we do. And sometimes we push through the injuries, not understanding that that recovery still has to happen. So you can do those two or three weeks with that injury and still manage to play well at a show. But at some point, you still have to address that injury and, and recover. And if you're trying to get PRs during that time or change a diet or change a workout that won't match the recovery needed, 
I mean, because your body needs certain food sources and nutrients to start the uh, rebuilding and the recovery. And if it's not getting it, then you're basically doubling down on, on a reoccurring injury or an injury that requires surgery. Yeah, let me let me uh, try to try to give Jordan a little more specific based on what Caitlin said. He says making small changes, and that's when you get, when you get pretty when you, when you get pretty good at your training regimen, you you have a system mm-hmm. that works. So you don't need to make drastic changes. There's small changes. So but, but we got to give Jordan some kind of a little more of a concrete or specific answer here. Okay. So let's. So Jordan, uh, if you want to make some some improvements right now, let's assume. I don't know what Jordan's objective is right now. Most of us is trying to get maybe a little more development on. Let's let's use that scenario. So yeah, so then. Yeah, thanks. So then, so Jordan's probably wanting to put on, let's say, some muscle. So it's typically the off. We're transitioning back into the off season, um, providing we're pretty healthy, we're ready to go, no setbacks. Um, the, change, the little changes that, that I think we're, we're trying to trying to get at is uh, you still using the basic exercises. Let's just let's just use the good old chest chest uh, example. Um, so rather than Jordan uh, doing five exercises for his chest. All he needs to do is is quantify 10 to 12 total training sets for his chest, um, basic exercises. That's your choice of exercise training variable, by the way, uh, and a specific variable, uh, the bench press. Let's say the bench press works well for him. So he's going to just do a bench press, um, a few more a few more sets, uh, maybe four to five sets versus three sets in, during the contest prep. And maybe do a nice little pyramid from 10 reps down to four reps, increasing the weight each succeeding set. That's the change. And then, and then maybe it's maybe a set of uh, some flies for three to four sets, and that's it. Uh, with heavier weight at about six to eight reps. Versus okay. versus doing doing five five uh, versus doing only two three sets and 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 five different exercises. Those are the kind of small adjustments or adjustments we we we're referring to here. And it sounds kind of basic and or maybe a little simple, but when you do it, you you feel the muscle response. You know it's a good thing. You know it's a good thing. And you would take that same basic uh, uh, example I just gave. You could apply that to uh, to other other large body parts. So those are the changes we're talking about. Little, maybe a few less exercises, a little more intensity, a little bit more sets, but with, within a within the appropriate muscle group volume work for the chest and back, ten twelve sets for the arms, six to eight total sets. Frequency per week, twice a week for each body part. That's that's kind of hopefully that's kind of answer that fits into Jordan's bill right now. Yep, and I think that, I mean, and I think those are great examples. Uh, definitely something to, you know, get them thinking and keep it going. I mean, that's a pretty intense schedule, both body parts twice a week. So, but and that and that in and of itself might be the change. <laughs> so I'm not sure how many folks out there actually exercise to that intensity, but you know, keeping with their regular regimen, but the intensity and the frequency. I mean, small changes mm-hmm. like that. Or somewhat big changes depending on where they're at, you know, definitely things to consider. But uh, 
I'm going to flip the script on you guys a little bit. So we've been talking about okay. athletes um, changing up from uh, off season to um, in season or vice versa. Um, we've got a question for Marcus, and um, and he's just trying to get fit, guys. He's wanting to know what can a person do to better manage their New Year resolution membership and diet. So. Um, we've got, you know, your gym newbies or gym re-newbies, as I like to call them. So these are our folks that tried a gym before, didn't get the mm-hmm. results, didn't stick with didn't really get help in between, but they're back at it. And so now they're trying to do better than they did the last time around. So that's the re-newbie. So how will these folks manage their New Year's resolution gym memberships and diet? Um, I guess so they don't get discouraged, burnout, and drop out. Kayla, you want to take that first? Well, and, you know, I love questions like this because you you can't like there's so much misinformation out there that I can see why so many new members fail because there's this expectation expectation that's personified, you know, on these commercials about gyms and everything, and everything's happy and and you know, it, it's marketed well. It's marketed very well. But I don't really see that in a lot of gyms once the, the signature is signed and the contract's done. And that can be very defeating to people that are coming with a lot of motivation but not much knowledge. And so, you know, it can it can get in the way of where you're going, but I don't think it's uh, – something that can scare you away, especially when you don't know diets, you can ask about it. There's people there that can help you with the, with the diet. And, and the membership, you be prepared to ask more questions before you sign your name on the line because that's when they're going to be more forthgiving. And I'm not saying every gym, but, you know, I was a, a newbie and a resolutioner at some point in my life, and that was one of the things that was always, uh, like I said, the marketing was done well. But when you actually put the feet to the to the pavement, there was a lot missing because they didn't have the time they seemed to have when they were trying to sign you on. And, you know, it's, it's, it almost feels like a bait and switch. And I can see why a lot of people have questions and also a lot of mistrust going in. I think maybe two weeks in, but not seeing the help and the aid that they've been given. Thankfully, now I see more uh, small gyms, uh, you know, sing, uh, small small owner gyms, where they're more engaged with the people because they know them through town and, and different parts of the area. And I can really uh, give uh, Mike Newman, uh, our gym owner, the, uh, a high praise because that's his whole focus on it is, is letting the members come in and be addressed as new members and being treated as new members. Like it, I, it, I would, he said he would rather have them say, "I don't need your assistance," and we walk up and talk to them instead of saying, "You know, hey, I need some help. Is there anyone here who can do so?" So you know, there's there's a, there's gyms uh, basically set up. There's people that are in the building that are more than willing to support and help and get around people like that. And if you just uh, have a true heart for fitness. A real gym member is is going to be there to help, and I don't think it's as as bad as Planet Fitness might portray us 
uh, gym jobs. Uh, I mean, they exist, but we're not basically everyone that walks through the door. <laughs> I'm not sure what uh, Planet Fitness, how Planet Fitness perceives trainers or coaches. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know. Well, now, actually, and it's funny that you guys bring this up. And Marcus, it's, I guess it's fortuitous that you asked the question because on my uh, little radio show, Temple Building from the Inside Out, this is exactly the topic that I covered earlier this week, and that's, you know, winning at the gym in 2020. And one of my main points that Kendall has brought out is ask for the orientation. Get more knowledge because you know you don't know really what you're doing as a new person in the gym. And regulars know that you don't know what you're doing as a new person in the gym. So don't be afraid to ask questions and get that information because a you're not fooling anybody when you don't and b it just increases your chances for success i mean and that's ultimately what gym owners and compassionate regulars want for you they want you to be successful so you just have to ask those questions and um and as Kaylin was saying, and, and good, you know, kudos to Mike Newman that he would rather have his people be overzealous in asking you if you need help versus the other way around. Because another point that I made was if they're not offering you an orientation or trying to get you acclimated to the gym, then you need to be brave enough to ask for one. And most gyms, they should be. And, and a good number do a, a good job of that. Um, and uh, But if they don't, be brave enough to ask for it. And the other part of that, too, is, you know, seek out a personal trainer, and I've got no dog in this fight, so I'm not, you know, promoting any one trainer or the industry, but it's just going to help you with your knowledge base. And if you feel like you can't afford a full training package, at least go in and get, you know, a handful of sessions to at least learn form, (laughs) learn how to do things the right way in the gym, and uh, Mm -hmm. you'll be so ahead if you can at least do that. Um, Instead mm-hmm. of, you know, the whole six months, three times a week package or whatever you might be introduced to. So think of those things. And I do have a taxi cab confession on my show. Um, you know, I, I did refer to Planet Fitness as Planet Fatness, and I have to stop doing that because I can't, <laughs> no, just, I off. I I can't just spout off like that everywhere. Maybe on Real Talk <laughs> I can spout off like that, but not, <laughs> not on my other program. So that was a Freudian slip for sure. For sure. But, uh, yeah, well, if anybody wants to take a listen, you can find my uh, program on uh, my Facebook page. Just look for Desiree Fletcher Carruthers and, well. and check it out when you get the chance. Oh, yeah, and Kaylin shared yeah. it as well. So that is awesome. Um, Ramsey, do you funny. have anything to add? Yeah. Add to that? Yep. Add to the oh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I, I keep thinking it may, may, maybe I'm on the right track or maybe not, but but it's pretty common. Marcus may be the type that basically probably needs motivation. You know, he needs needs to needs some motivation there to stay stay motivated. And I was gonna first thing that came to my mind is like, dude, you gotta get a training partner. You gotta get a buddy or girlfriend to go with you. Yeah, you know, that's that's that one of the best me. ways. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, get, get, you, get you a buddy or, or a girlfriend, you know, to go up there. And, and then, two, what, what I think part of the reason that makes it difficult is, like, where do I start? What do I do? And you guys cover that, you know, and, 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 and you know, cover that to, to a degree. And it's like, yeah, they need to have some kind of an exercise plan to follow. 
So, and yep. once you have that structure, then you feel a little bit more confident, and and I feel like you have some direction to go by. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and in yep. regards to his regards to his nutrition, um, uh, well, I mean, there's there's lots of information out there. Um, once 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 you adhere to uh, a sound nutritional plan, let me just give you a vague answer. Uh, is you'd be surprised how you'll as long as it's not drastic. As again, the keyword sensible diet, eating plan, you'll be amazed how within a couple of weeks your body starts adjusting to that and 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 uh, it falls into place. You, you reduce the cravings and or, or some of the weaknesses you may have in in, in your diet plan and in, in, in your eating. So. It falls into place, so he just he just got to get some support, whether it's in the gym or for a friend, and a little bit of a of a plan in place. All right, there you go, guys. It's okay not to know, and uh, if you don't know how to get yeah. that initial plan in place, just go back to the tips that we just talked about, and that will help you. And then Ramsey, that's a good segue into Lydia's question. She's asking, what is considered to be clean eating? Is it just a faddish term, or is there some truth to this term? Yeah, I, I, we we all use that term. We, I'm sorry, was that was Kayla going to answer that? Or no, I do. That's you, brother. Nope. Okay, you cool. Ahead. Thank you. Go right ahead. Yeah, I, I use it too. So you know what? I need to explain it to myself. <laughs> I'll, I'll use it kind of loosely, or, or you know, with with some some seriousness to it. But clean eating, to me, clean eating is eating fresh food. It's the simplest way to answer yeah. that: fresh food, fresh meats, fresh vegetables, fresh fruits. Eating, you know, fresh food, not fried, not processed. That's clean eating. So I think there is a, a, that's kind of a layman maybe or word, but I think it's legit. Yeah, it's perfect. It is legit. Yep, totally yeah, agree. Yeah. And it is, so it go is with a it. lifestyle. It's not a fad. It's not a fad. It's a very real thing. Um, you just have to decide that it's going to be a real thing for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I, you know, everyone's everyone's trying to get in the groove, you know. And right now it's January. I'm trying to get in my groove too. And the only thing holding me back is my little darn injury, my my Achilles heel here. But but uh, I'm telling you guys, stay 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 encouraged. Your body starts making improvements within two three weeks. So you know, have a decent plan, get started, and you'd be surprised in two three weeks how you start seeing progress and adjusting yeah. to it. There you go. It doesn't uh, take three months. If you really want to deal with the, like he said, in layman's terms, how many steps away from pulling it out the ground or basically cutting it up do you go before you actually get to the dinner table or breakfast plate? Because if if the more hands are in it, and I, I think I I made a post about this. I said the more the more the shelf life, the less the health life. At some point, you have to understand. That uh, if, if it the longer it can be stored on the shelf, the less it'll be doing for your actual health because there's a lot that has to go in there to preserve that food. So if if you're two or three steps away from actually pulling it out of the ground or, or basically having it cut up in front of you, that is actually neglecting your own health. Basically, I mean it might be cheaper, but it, you'll see you'll see the results in your health. So you're going to pay for it some way. So uh, I, I'd rather spend more money keeping the food uh, natural and healthy than basically cheaper 
and and shelter you. Yeah, you can do, or you can do what I did, man. Go out there and shoot you a deer and grind up that venison meat. <laughs> or, or or get your email and you have you send me some chops. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how my my sausage comes out, my venison sausage. Uh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, there we go. Quite. We got. We've got a hunter in the midst. We've got a hunter there in the midst. There you go. All right, here we go, and 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 there we go because I've got another question here. Um, okay. How much time? This one's from Leonard, so I'm moving on from nutrition. We're getting back to the gym. How much time should a newbie spend initially in a gym to get what would be considered a good workout? Good question, Leonard. Oh. All right, go Leonard. Kalen, go ahead. You go ahead. And go first. Okay. Um, honestly, with with, uh, with basically a body that's untrained, you don't need that long. I, I know people that's that tell right. you that you, the, all these hours that they're spending in there. Uh, I well, I, I got to do a backstory before I answer this fully. But um, <laughs> the the fella that had been telling me because he was in really bad shape. And he was telling me he's spending four and five hours in the gym. And he had his buddies believe in it. And he figured, so they basically said, well, the gym must be garbage if uh, you're looking like you do. He goes, yeah, I'm in there four and five hours. And I was trying to catch up with this fella because, you know, I was one of the instructor, cardio instructors at the gym. And I really wanted to meet up with him and find out, what, you know, what's he eating to make him look the way he was looking. But then I finally did catch him in the gym and the reason I could never see him is because he was always on his phone on one of the couches. So, you know, <laughs> be careful where your information is coming from because, you know, they yeah. Yeah, technically they might be in the gym, but what are they doing while they're there? I, I would say, you know, a half an hour, 45 minutes, and, and you should be good to go because your body is so new to the rigors that you're placing upon it. If your diet isn't yep. up enough either – then you know you don't you probably wouldn't last much longer than that anyway. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that because I know I go in the gym sometimes. But that's all I need to get the pump I need, especially with uh, doing the cardio classes. So it's not neglecting your body to address the needs. And I always say, you know, if, if you live five minutes from Chicago and you only need five minutes to get there, then heck, take that five minutes. But some people have to travel two hours. Then do those two hours. So, you know, do how you're addressing your body, but initially you don't need that long in the gym at all, and you're probably going to be having some uh, gym jock really angry if you're sitting on your phone too long anyway. And so, you know, just... Oh, I can't stand that. Yeah, yeah, just keep keep that in mind and keep technology out of the way because uh, you can't really lift many weights with a phone in your hand. (laughs) <laughs> you sure can't. I mean, it's not just oh. a gym jock, anybody. That's just good gym etiquette. Don't tie up Thank equipment you. being Wait, on your phone like while you're while you're scrolling social media on your phone. Give me yes. a break. Give me a yeah. break. Or watch some videos. I mean, if it's a demonstration like video of how to do an exercise, I get it. But when you're like binge watching some kind of program off of Netflix, yes. no, not <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Well, what I, I what I would say to Leonard too, I think Galen made a good point. Is it's kind of depending where he's at. I mean, uh, let's assume he's kind of a beginner to intermediate. Yeah, a good hours all you need. I would say thirty minutes of weights, maybe thirty minutes of light cardio, and that's it. You're done. You know, 
your your stress hormones start to start to really increase and your anabolic hormones start to really decrease after about an hour or so. So, yeah, after about an hour, you're, you're pretty much done. No. And there you have yeah. it. There you have it. So my, I have a question, and this is going to take us back to the athlete, athlete prep side of things. So we were talking about transitioning from in-season to off-season, and we talked about injury being – um, a possible outcome if you are too, you know, crazy with your transition, your changes. But what might be some of the other drawbacks if you're making too many changes between your in-season and off-season uh, programs? Exercise or nutrition? Hmm. Don't don't everybody jump in at the same time? Yeah. Well, the drawbacks may. Be, well, I think I think the biggest drawback or, or the drawback could be simply is you don't make any progress. Okay, you're just kind of like nothing's happening here. What's up with this? Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a really delicate time actually uh, of of a train of a phase of of training, if you will, that you have to be you do you should be uh, be pretty careful. Um, you, you know, you you know because if you make the wrong decisions, you're not going to make progress. So, so I, I think I think you need to define define what your what your what your objective is trying to be during that during that tra- training period. Am I just trying to maintain? Am I trying to increase or decrease something? Um, so I, I I think just not making progress. That's what comes to my mind. Hey, Kayla, what do you think? Well, there's so many methods and. And if, if and you have to actually sit down, like like everybody's saying, you basically I have to see what what you have as your goal, uh, what 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 your current status is now, uh, body type, background, and because you know all of these things come to play. I know a lot of times we can be over overbearing, and sometimes because basically we're we're asking a lot of questions that you didn't even know that matter. But it's not that you know we're not saying that. I, I think there's a lot of ignorance, but that doesn't make you dumb. I, I was right, right. I there was a lot of things I didn't know going into the gym. That form was one of the biggest ones. I wanted to lift the weight and I wanted to lift as much as possible. I didn't know about injuries until three, four months later is when they become that nagging thing that's always bugging. And then so that's when I finally heard, oh, form matters. I heard it the first day. But it didn't really matter. I can lift the weight, so so what? You know, I, I you don't know what you're talking about. So you know, I had to you know learn the hard way in a lot of ways, and then I had to learn the easy way when I realized they're not trying to hurt me, they're not trying to embarrass me, and they're not trying to make me look stupid. They actually think I'm a, a, a nice person, and they like me see it, see me at the gym more often. I mean, we there's a lot of pride and ego that goes into a gym. I would say leave it outside. And uh, just keep your humble nature until you learn what you need to learn. And then if you want to start competing, then do it that way. But don't think you are – if you walk in the gym as a know-it-all, you're, you're not going to learn much. And there's not going to be too many people talking to you to begin with because you're, you're basically insulting their intelligence by saying you want to look exactly like them in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Could you give us some some a little more examples of, of what people people you think are, are doing out there, Desiree, during this time frame that maybe I could more specifically address? Yeah. Well, a little bit more you know, specific on what some people to do. 
Well, you know, sometimes we talked about, you know, okay, here's one. You know, some folks, some trainers, some nutritionists will say that reverse dieting is a thing. Others will say it's not a thing. Um, You know, how do you manage that transition in um, your food, especially going from in-season to out-of-season to where you can stay in range but yet still meet the needs of your body, you know, especially for females who, you know, if your fat's too low for too long, your hormones are screwed. So how do you, you know, kind of work to make those transitions? And, you know, a lot of it too is, you know, how well your coach is going to bring you through or out. But if you don't have a coach, how are you supposed to know other than totally just not binging and and going, you know, off of the reservation? Um, How are you supposed to maintain that? And if you, I know that's probably not PC. Sorry, guys. I don't mean to offend anybody. No, I like it. You know what I'm saying. Um, You know, and and if you don't manage it right, you know, what are some other than totally gaining weight, what are some of the other drawbacks that can be to, uh, you know, making too many drastic changes from one mindset to the next? Yeah, that's, that's fair. So let's let's uh, you really caught my attention when you said reverse dieting. Wow. Uh, what are these words? Where does this, these terms come from? Well, so basically, this is why education is so so darn important. Um, let's let's say let's say. Oh God. Basically, you need to be able to learn your caloric range depending on your size. Yep. Okay, there let's just go. take a general general example. You have to learn that if I'm a, if I'm 100 pounds and I work out four or five days a week for a contest, you, you know you're eating about 1,500 calories a day. So so let's say you got off the training, right? You, you finished you finished your contest and you know suddenly you're just free willy out there. You, you don't want to tra- you don't want to <laughs> eat more than you don't want to eat more than 2,000 calories a day. You know, if you've learned how to track your calories, which is not that hard to do, it really is a little memorization goes goes on into it. I do it all the time, even with myself. You know, you just you just try to stay within about a 2,000 calorie range tops, um, something like that. Like let's take me for example. Let's let's do that. Okay, I'm at, I'm at 195 pounds. Um, I, I I'm, I'm eating about 2,300 2,500 calories a day, and I'm eating about 200 grams of carbs versus 100 grams of carbs. I'm eating about 150 to 175 grams of protein a day. Okay, I know this and I know how I feel. I actually underate yesterday, and and I worked out pretty hard. I worked out about two and a half hours and it felt really good. I woke up at four in the morning hungry. I'm like I cannot believe this, and I couldn't go back to bed. So I made a protein shake, about 250 calories, 20 grams of protein, went back to bed, woke up, rested, feeling fine. Um, so so it's just it's just knowing your caloric range, you know. So I, I, I probably ate only 2,000 calories, and my body told me it's so efficient, it's so well, you know, trained that it's like, hey, buddy, get your butt up. You know, there's, your blood sugars drop, adrenal comes out, you wake up, you're hungry, and you can't go back to bed. So my body wanted one of the one of the, the calories that it needed to fully recover. So I'll probably you know put me back at about twenty three twenty five hundred calories. And it's amazing. I mean, your body you'll once you get to know your body and and you know some calories and where the calorie range is at, it it it, it falls into place. You're like, oh man, I can figure this stuff out. That's pretty cool. 
your, your body will tell you. So, does that help? All right. Yeah. All right. Um, Kaylin, yeah, what I was going to add is, you know, because just the term diet. When when people tell me they're going to go on a diet, I'll, I'll always chuckle and laugh. And they like, what's so funny about that? And because that's a diet is just what you eat. It's what you're eating. I, I like the way Ramsey just said it about training. I said, say it more like food training. I'm going to train my body to eat more correctly. I'm going to train myself to put the correct foods in my mouth at the right time. I'm going to train myself to eat the amount that my body needs to basically be efficient for work, gym, family, and friends. These are the things we should be thinking about instead of saying that, I mean, because diet has it, become such a, a, a myth. It, it, it's a term that doesn't relate to who we are or what we're doing or how we're doing. If we just look at the food we eat, that's diet. What you eat is diet. Your diet, let's say you had cereal for breakfast, that's your diet. Uh, you you had a sandwich for lunch. That's your diet. I mean, I, I don't understand how it, it's such a scary term. It's almost like a scary movie theme entrance when you talk about getting a diet. I'm like, what? You're you're on a diet every day of your life unless you're starving yourself to death. So it, if we if we get the demons out of everything that we're doing, like like you said, you know, clean eating and then and all these reverse diets, which all this stuff it it it, it puts a fear where there shouldn't be one. And and I, I think, you know, when, when just that thought alone releases cortisol to the brain, because these people are terrified, it, it, oh, my God, I, I got to start eating right. Well, you should have already been eating right. And then, and they, I tell people at the gym, you know, when they come in, I said, you've been doing 12 years of your life incorrectly, and now you're coming in telling me in three weeks you want all of that to be cleaned up. I said, you know, you've you got people, if you've ever seen the, the show Hoarders, you, they pack in all this crap in their homes, and it takes like almost a, a, a an army to clean it out because there's just so much that's built up over time that there's so many problem areas that haven't been addressed. It takes a lot of time. It takes almost double the time to to get that stuff or double the workload to get this stuff cleaned up. So you know whatever you whatever just think about all the damage you've done to your body. Think about how many years for your body to learn to live with that. And then really consider how much more you're going to have to do to clean that mess up. So if, if, if we're going into it saying three months' time, I should see a total 180 result, I can see why without, you know, some good support, why people drop off. But if we're just dealing with who we are and addressing us for who we are and having the right support group, you can go a lot further a lot sooner, but it's not going to be an overnight thing. Yeah. It sure not. And there you have it. So with all this talk about food, we have a question that's relating cool. to food and the gym. This one from James, and uh, <clears throat> we're we're back in the we're back in the gym with our with our New Year's resolutioners. He wants to know what is the between time from eating and gym? Does it even matter? If so, then how much time after a workout um, should I get food in? Well, that's a good question. That basically applies to the pre and post prep, um, uh, eating eating time. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, yep. in, in one regard, you can you can look at it this way. 
you don't want to go into the gym hungry or with low blood sugar. Because uh, right. if you're doing weight, because if you're doing weight training, your body's relying on glucose and glycogen in, in the muscles mm-hmm. to fuel it. So, so you you, you want to have eaten, you know, two three hundred calories, shall we say, and then and then afterwards, uh, and and I would say within an hour um, of of going to the gym, uh, maybe having two three hundred calories of about twenty grams of protein and maybe thirty forty grams of carbohydrates, somewhere in that range, depending who you are. And then, and then after you work out, you shouldn't be hungry just immediately afterwards. Maybe you are, but normally you're not. There's two ways of approaching after after uh, the workout. If if you eat within 30 minutes of after a workout, you can greatly accelerate your glycogen uptake because insulin sensitivity response is so high. So, so if you eat, if you eat 50, in other words, European Journal of Applied Physiology uh, was first to to uh, listed this study. They found that 50 grams of carbohydrates didn't matter what it was. It could be a Coca-Cola. Within 30 minutes of after a workout, you could re- you could do a great job of replenishing your glycogen stores, or shall we just call it the energy stores into the muscles. So you can take that approach, or or wait within about an hour to eat afterwards. Uh, but basically, it helps helps it with the recovery mm-hmm. of, of an exercise bout. Gotcha, so. Caleb. Well, I, I was going to say, you know, I want to add this because I haven't seen the question. I thought for sure it was going to turn up, and that's that that, uh, that organ smasher that I call the waist trainer. Um, <laughs> if, if you're if you're beating your insides up with these. Uh, gimmicks and fads while you're working out, you, you have to consider that as well to what you know what you're going to be doing and how well that food will be accessed uh, by your body because we, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there and I mean I, it it if it didn't do so much damage to people's bodies, I would be falling on the floor laughing because it, it there's just no feasible way to make that happen. So I've I've seen people with the waist trainers. Uh, or, or I call them organ smashers, and and basically they'll immediately take those out, you know, half hour getting that food in there, and some of them bodies are so uh, beaten up from trying to exercise and be compressed in that state for that whole time they're exercising that you know it, it's not a good outcome, and so basically you have to eat two or three times, but you don't think about the all the stomach acid acid that's going up in the air. Esophagus and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we people take advantage of ignorance, but it still doesn't make it right because they can do it. And I would say get around the right people, see the foods that work for your body. You know, just because it works for somebody doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Uh, some people are allergic to certain meals, uh, liquids, whatever. So just be 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 aware what you're putting in your body, on your body. And also, you know, I, I got to bring up the fact about the enhanced individual's diet as compared to a natural uh, and their diet. It, it's, it's greatly different. I, I've seen it firsthand. And uh, I, I can just tell you, it's a lot that goes on. Just be aware of, of who you're around, who you're getting the information from. And you know, see what works for your body specifically because you're you're living in it. Do what you can to keep it at its peak, 
and you don't have to be competition ready. I know you see the pictures of the athletes uh, uh, strewn across the walls and in the magazine, but uh, it took a lot of time to get them that way and just realize that your diet is going to be the same. So I would say, you know, when you're eating, be careful what you're putting in, what you might be sensitive to, and how your body reacts to it. Like Ramsey was saying, if, if you're basically meeting those time windows, you, you'll be pretty good. I mean, it, it's, 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 it seems like rocket science because it's all new. But once you learn it, it's, it's everyday thinking. Yep. And I would just add for a point of clarification, um, Ramsey used some really great words. He used glucose and glycogen. And if you're not quite sure what those are, so glucose is a form of energy, basically sugar. So let's think um, simple carbs as just an example. So the body is going to take those and those, that is the easiest Um, type of food for the body to convert into glucose and or sugar is another way to think about it and use that as energy. It's its preferred method of energy. It's not the only way the body can make energy, but it's what it likes to go to first. So you have glucose and that's where, uh, that's where the body's going to uh, keep you moving, keep you motoring, keep you active. If there's too much glucose in your bloodstream, then your body will store it as glycogen. And uh, so if your body needs a quick boost of energy or if it isn't getting enough glucose, then it'll tap into its glycogen stores to fuel your workouts. So that's what those words mean and what Ramsey was referring to um, when he was talking about what your body needs to, uh, to stay energized. Carbs are sugar. Carbs are not sugar, Larry, but carbs can be our can be and are readily converted to sugar in the form of glucose so your body can use it for energy. Simple, simple definition there. I'm open yeah, for that to be added good. on to. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why simple carbs, you know, your your flours, your starches, well, maybe not starches, but, you know, your, your white processed Fruits. stuff fruits that we like to eat and fruits, those aren't processed, but natural. Um, yes, they can be converted to sugar and they will be, um, and, and for the body to, to make energy and to use it. Now it can also convert fat and protein into energy as well, but that's a little further down the chain. That's another show, but the body will do what it needs to do to, uh, keep itself moving. Body's a temple. So there you have it. The body is a temple. So we got about six minutes left, guys. Um, we've covered a lot of gamut here. We've talked about um, we've talked about tips for the athlete. We've talked about tips for the non-athlete. So basically, in summation, um, you know, you don't have to be wild and crazy with your shifts between in-season and off-season prep. Uh, neither your exercise program nor your food, there can be gradual changes and small changes made that will still produce big dividends and those gains that you're looking for. And then as far as the uh, just, um, you know, the gym goer who's not looking to get on stage, just a lot of advice there on how to stay motivated, how to stay educated, when to eat, um, 
you know, before and after workouts. Anything else that you guys would throw out there to either of these groups that we haven't covered that you think would be a good tidbit for them to walk away with? We'll go with our guest first. <laughs> uh, well, I think we did a pretty good job covering some of this information. I, mean, I, I just really would just right now would think of just encouraging people to set some goals, set some short-term goals uh, and some long-term goals. Um, I, I, that's, 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 I think that's, that's probably a good motivational tool there and give you some direction. And set like a four-week goal and set like an eight-week goal uh, and maybe a 16-week goal, which takes you into spring. Uh, and I would encourage people out there. One thing that would, I don't know if you guys have covered it in the past or not is getting getting uh, tested. Uh, know where you're at. For instance, let's say you weigh 100. Let's say you weigh 160 pounds, but you don't know what your body fat level is. You know, some people at 160 pounds can have 10% body fat. Others at 160 pounds can have 20% body fat and look 10% bigger. You know, so I encourage people to go out there and, and get their body fat tested and, and use that as a goal uh, guidance or, or, or parameter to go by every 8 to 12 weeks. I do that with some of my people, and, and it really motivates them, and they get really excited about it. So they know exactly where their muscle fat ratio is and what their size is and what, what, what a goal is, is um, established from that. And I typically have a person that may be at 20% body fat, and I know they can get down to 15%. I'll say, hey, listen, 8 to 12 weeks, I think you can get down to 5% body fat. You know, And they do a pretty good job of trying to achieve that. And when they get there, it's great to evaluate. All of a sudden, they're, they're, at a 5% reduction, that's about a 10 to 12% reduction of pounds of fat mass. And then, you see, then you'll see that over through the evaluation, they probably gained four to five pounds of muscle mass, and they they look better. And, and then you can say, "Look, you've gained, you've improved fifteen pounds here." Yeah. So maybe that's a good measuring tool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. I would definitely agree. And Kaylin, I think you guys do something like that at the Fit Body U. Yes. Uh, any new member, we we do the weight. And we do the body, the BMI and the body fat percentage before we get them going. And we also do basically the simple questions of background of, you know, if they have any physical injuries or or some health issues that they need to let us know before we start them on their, their fitness journey. Uh, one of the things I would like to add is, is please be realistic in your goals. I mean, <laughs> the thing that I've learned, and, and especially – with uh, the fabricated uh, stories you hear, uh, the model in a bottle, losing 10 pounds in a week. I mean, it, it's a lot of, I mean, magazines are written for to be picked up and sold. Uh, these uh, social mediums are, are having people put stuff on there, becoming making these people insta-famous, only to be found that they're doing a lot of fraudulent or unethical uh, solutions to uh, get to their goals and gains. There's there's a lot of things that you'll see if you really look at yourself in the mirror. Be realistic in, in what you're trying to do. I'm not saying sell yourself short. I'm not saying don't have a goal that you can achieve. And I'm not saying don't reach for the stars because I want you to do all those things. But there is a your body is not uh, who. Ooh, somebody had a post. Oh my God, I loved it. If I if I can share it, I'll put it on the Midwest page. 
but it said that you know we're, we're we can't have that physiology because that's simply not us. And I'll check my news feed to see if I can find it again. But I, I think it was Brandon Wattis had put one out there, but he had a term for it. And I was like, oh, that is so perfect because we with technology, we want that. Oh, Amazon, the Amazon Prime delivery. You you don't have an Amazon Prime delivery body. It's not going to be two nights and then it's there, or an overnight overnight success. That's not how your body works. So it, we we have to understand that it takes time. We we walked ourselves into a situation we didn't like, and we want to change it, and we're going to have to walk ourselves out. All right, and there you have it. Last thought for me as getting back to goal setting. For some of you who are just getting started, you know, just make your goal that you're going to get to the gym, period. And make that be your goal every day for 20 days plus. So if you're going to go every day, your goal every day should be, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to the gym. If you're only going, you know, three times a week, then on Monday your goal is, I'm going to the gym today. On Tuesday your goal is, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. On Wednesday your goal is, I'm going to the gym today. And repeat that pattern. So that could be your very short-term goals. Then you can have your mid-term goals and your long-term goals. As Ramsey was staying, stating, and we are out of time. So I just have to say, Ramsey, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us and sharing with us. I've really enjoyed this show and the knowledge that's been shared. I think it's been very uh, user-friendly. Hopefully our listeners agree. And, um, you know, we wish you luck with those nagging little injuries you're dealing with. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, it's great to be on your show. You guys are a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of this little nagging injury, man. It's killing me, and it, I just, just I've got to lay off. I'm, I, I'm an exercise right. junkie, you know. I'm on the other extreme. I'm an exercise and junkie, tough. man. I, it's tough. So uh, here I am, you know, restless right now, and, and um, all I look forward to right now is working out tomorrow. I get to work out tomorrow in my upper body. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so my goal is to get this injury behind me in the next eight weeks and get back into top training and be competing by summer. All right, and fantastic, and there you have it. Goals you know. across the board. All right. So, guys, and, and, on behalf of, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I, I just I, maybe it's too too late now, but I just always want to offer my email address in case people want to reach out and, oh, and yes. uh, oh, they, yes. they do some consultations with me. In asking for that. Yep, go ahead. Put it all out there. Yeah, it's synergen three at gmail dot com. That's the S Y N E R G E N synergen three, the number three at gmail dot com. There you go. I know. I'm slacking. I'm so sorry. You guys have it. Synergen3 at gmail.com. If you want to get a hold of Ramsey, he is available at that address, and he'll be there for you. So on behalf of Ramsey, exercise junkies everywhere, Kaylin, (laughs) Snickerdoodle shout-out, the boys of P4P Muscle, and myself. Yes, I did it. I did the Snickerdoodle shout-out. Your body is a temple, so let's build it. (laughs) 